Hello. Hello. No, I, I was talking to our listeners. Oh, um, also hello, listeners. I've done this exact same bit on my other podcast. I feel <laughs> kind of bad, actually. I also feel a little bad about that, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this is a podcast, Self-Evaluation. You are Beth. Yes, I am. And I'm Evan. Yes, you are. And we're here to cover and to recap an episode from the fifth reincarnation of ABC's ultimately unsuccessful self-sitcom attempt. What? (laughs) It may be shocking to people, but self-B was actually the most successful. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Selfie. Yep. So you was our favorite. Sorry, <laughs> John Cho and Karen Gillan. We're here to talk about the eleventh episode. Yeah, the eleventh episode, which is titled Perestroika. Which stands for Which is Russian for um something that I looked up last time and then immediately forgot. Um hmm. What? Something that you looked up last time but immediately forgot. <laughs> what a complex language Russian is. <laughs> it is, it is very complex. Okay, perestroika means the policy or practice of restructuring or reforming the economic and political system. Anyway, we're here to just talk about the episode, tell you what happened, listen along. If you want to watch the episode first, go for it. Next week, we'll be back and we're going to talk about the episode more. This is going really well. It's not really even well. that early. What's going on? <laughs> all those mashed potatoes. <laughs> if only I had had Oreo-O's for yeah. breakfast. Yeah, we're both really well-fueled. I'd be on my ages. <laughs> I'm definitely more well-fueled than you. <laughs> I wasn't saying that you were. You implied that we were on even foot. <laughs> At this moment, I'm very well fueled. It's just going to run out, like, immediately. <laughs> Are we always with the nitrous oxide of <laughs> breakfast foods? Yeah, I guess so. Please enjoy this episode. Hey, listen to me talk about selfie. Cancer by BC in 2014. Evaluating selfie. Maybe it would be helpful to very briefly talk about what happened at the tail end of last, last week's episode. Probably, yeah. Uh, Last, last week's episode was, to me, one of the very best episodes of Selfie. Um, It involved Eliza uh, getting drunk because she was distraught that Henry had rejected her. There's this very cool um, Tove Lo music video-esque sequence in which um the camera sort of focuses on her face she has sort of like this drunken night she ends it with freddie and then henry also sings a song that seemed a little inappropriate to me yes the point is that henry rejected her which Mm -hmm. segues very smoothly into how this episode opens up yes so the beginning of this episode is eliza in her apartment and she has left herself a bunch of voicemails and memos and things like that to remind herself that henry rejected her which Whatever. <laughs> like, like, did she think she would forget? or That's what I was trying to figure out. Was it that she thought she was going to forget? Or if it was more just like, like almost like a reverse motivational pep talk? like A demotivational pep talk. Yeah, to like get herself into that mindset. I don't know. She does still have to go to work, for better or for worse. But she is willing to take a card. Nope. Willing to take a page from the book of Corinne McWaters. Which is the kind of high school bully who made her life miserable when she was an awkward kid but she was also like like the most popular girl like the the mean girl of the school but like 
only one. Oh man, if I knew Mean Girls better, I would. She was the Rachel McAdams. Uh, so she um, ignores Henry by mm-hmm. pretending like she can't see him, and then also ignores Henry by pretending that she cannot hear him, and then lastly uh, attempts to, and I quote, uh, "Gone Girl" his ass. <laughs> yeah, which she. Yeah, she just, like, lays on the floor in their break room with ketchup on her. And it's like, he stabbed me. <laughs> and then he's like, have you lost your mind? And he, and she's like, Joan, that's what he wants you to think. Which is, like, funny, but also, like, it seemed weird. Have you like, seen Gone Girl? Kind of, no, I have not seen Gone Girl. Ugh, Beth. Why? I don't want to. <laughs> it's good. I believe you. I just don't want to. I mean, there are... A myriad of feminist critiques and perspectives on the film. Okay. And I went on a date with a girl who, like, Gone Girl came up in conversation, and she was like, yeah, what an awful movie. And I was like, uh, (laughs) sure. I don't know. I have no opinions on it because I have not seen it or read it. So, well, just going through my life like that, and I'm fine with it. I just need people to know that this is uh, our sixth to last episode of this podcast sure yeah and after this there will be a new podcast (laughs) gone girl squad and we will go through the book and the movie a scene and a chapter at a time to look forward to charmonique uh i feel like has been kind of in the i was gonna say the back row (laughs) She's, she's she's been the spotlight hasn't quite been on her uh, in recent yet. episodes. Hmm? Hmm? What? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. So ominous. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the Oreos are either kicking in or wearing off. <laughs> Charmonique has not been at the forefront of the action recently. Yes. Yes. And she steps up a little bit here by sort of confronting the two of them mm-hmm. and being like, hey, you guys are being foolish. You need to stop this. Yes. And she's like, I know you still care about each other. And there's like a moment where they like almost fix it. And then Eliza's like, mm, I'm going to take the stairs. So she runs away. If this episode had been structured differently, um, this would have happened closer to the end of the episode and it actually would have resolved things between the two of them. And uh, Henry says something, I mean, I said that you said something very ominous. He says something in turn yes. that's very ominous. He's kind of like, oh, I'm going to like Pontius Pilate, wash my hands of this. He says, oh, from now on, Eliza Dooley can clean up her own messes. Yeah, which segues right into one of Eliza's own messes. Uh, and it's a big one. It's yeah. it's like a like a clean up on multiple aisles kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to Eliza's apartment, and um, Bryn's friends, um, <laughs> Prue, Thistle, and Wren. I want to say. Wow, you really got all those names. I I said three names anyway. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure those are right? them. I'm okay. Very anyway. impressed. They have been knocking on Eliza's door. She opens it like she's just woken up. And they are all dressed um, what I would describe as downstairs, Downton Abbey style. But I don't think that's what they were going for. And they're very upset because apparently the general manager of the building has been knocking on Eliza's door for 45 minutes. She didn't answer. So then he started knocking on Bryn's Bryn's door. Bryn's door. They interrupted her breakfast at Tiffany's style brunch which she had been planning for nine years. And it's so weird. None of them dressed up as Mr. Yunioshi. What do... <laughs> I feel like they're just... They they really left someone out. Yeah, this missed opportunity for sure. <laughs> anyway. And then, uh, yeah, they're very mad at her. Apparently the reason that building manager 
was knocking is because he wants an increase on her security deposit because of the problems she has caused for the plumbing and what she has done to her walls. Which, um, we haven't really gone into this, but all of Eliza's walls have been painted with blackboard paint. Yes. Uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I thought it was just like a cool feature of the apartment, but apparently it did not come that way. So as we go on, I will talk about how I thought there were holes in this episode, but really they were just holes in my own memory and also just me assuming the worst. This is the start of what I kind of want to maybe poke uh, yeah, holes in a little bit because when Eliza goes to open the door, there's just like mail all over her floor, Mm -hmm. which sort of hints and suggests this whole issue in which... Eliza uh, is very financially irresponsible. Yeah, that's definitely the large theme of it, but I feel like it also is like she's just irresponsible in general. Like she does not even know what she needs to do to like be an adult. Because um, so she she just like flushes like hosiery and burgers down the toilet. When she's then... been drinking specifically, not just like right. all the time. <laughs> not for fun. <laughs> it's like a hobby of hers. <laughs> just see what flushes. <laughs> And she's like, she's like late on her bills. And so her electricity goes out and it's kind of complicated because like when we, when we next come upon her, she's, it's like she's been evicted. Yeah. But she just has like one bag of her things with her. She has like two bags of her things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She says garbage bags though. Yeah. 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 (laughs) She has to vacate her premises unexpectedly. But okay. And so I I don't want to dwell on this, but I just thought it was because all of this appears to be precipitated. To come about by the fact that Henry is no longer involved in her life in a significant capacity. Um, I don't know if it was so much that. It was more just like, it happened Do you think this is just everything coming to a head? I think so. I I think that, because it's not like Henry was like doing her bills for her. But it could be that she was like just barely getting by, but like her being all distracted over the Henry thing also kind of put it over the edge where like now she like really is not paying attention. Hmm. But yeah, they do kind of imply that this has been a thing for like months and months that she has just like not even opened her mail. So she doesn't even know what her bills are. Really short sequence in which Henry is a little mean to Charlie, but not if you think about it that mean. (laughs) Well, he like is working on his like baby headache medicine or something like that. And Charlie comes in without knocking. How would you even know that a baby has a headache? Uh, Because they're like squinching their face up. Like they have, That's babies know. all the time. They come out looking like that. Maybe they come out with headache. There's a lot to take in. I don't know. I don't know how you know a baby has a headache. Ah, yeah. As far as, there's no way of telling. It could be any part of their body that hurts. It's true. Maybe that's part of the problem. Why Henry can't come up with a good slogan. <laughs> baby headaches. Do they even exist? <laughs> if they do... Nailed it. See, his Great job marketing. is not that hard. <laughs> the point is that um, it's Henry's turn for his annual review. Mm-hmm. So he goes in, Sam Sapper's, and he and he does say before he goes in a few different things. He says um, he's not worried because he's never gotten less than a ninety-eight percent. He always scores the highest mm-hmm. mark. Um, and also, just call him Henry Potter. <laughs> Can I say what? So Charlie asks him why he should be called Henry Potter, and he says, "Because I make magic like a workplace wizard." And then he like starts to walk away, and then he comes back, and he's like, "Actually." Don't call me Henry Potter. I think I would very much dislike it if people started calling me that. <laughs> Harry Potter was like one of the dumbest characters in that series. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring it up because I didn't want to be too much of a nerd, but I feel like no, he was if like going to be anybody. You, d- you, you don't really want to be Harry. <laughs> Hermione Granger. 
I was just trying to create a portmanteau of Hermione and Henry because Hermione was the smart one. Yeah, yeah, I know. If Hermione wasn't in the books, then I don't know. Henry would be dead. <laughs> yeah, probably many times. Which I guess would be useful because it's revealed in book seven. Whoa, whoa, blah, whoa, blah, whoa. blah. Have I ever told you about how I read the end of book seven before I read any of the other ones? Why would you do that? Because, I, okay, so I hadn't read any of them yet because it was like, you know, witchcraft is bad, like that that era of my life. <laughs> and uh, I was working at the library and the seventh book came out and there was like all these rumors that Harry Potter was going to get killed off at the end of the seventh book. And I just wanted to know if it was true. So I just read the last chapter of the last book. The last chapter of the last book is just the future. Yeah. Where they're like pl- at platform nine and three quarters yeah. or whatever. So that's how I knew he didn't die. I was like, I'm not going to read all these books and get invested and then have him die at the end of the last book. So Can we I'd just backtrack to when you implied that witchcraft is not bad? <laughs> I just, never mind. We're not going to get into that whole thing. What do you think about witchcraft? Um, <laughs> I don't really think anything about it. You think it's nothing? I, no, stop. <laughs> I just right, don't apologies think. Apologies to our Wiccan <laughs> listeners. Um, this is a little bit of a hot take from my co-host, and uh, she does not represent the views of this podcast. Okay, thank you. Anyway, um, oh, can we also back up to what Charlie says before they start talking about the Henry Potter thing? So That he was raised in a bar. Yeah, oh, you spoiled the punchline. But yeah, when Charlie comes in without knocking, Henry is just like, Charlie, you need to knock. Were you raised in a barn? <laughs> and he just goes, yes. And then he's like, well, not in a barn, near a barn, on a farm. It kind of checks out. I feel like it matches we grew his character. Wheat. <laughs> we, we, and, and hops. hops. <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I thought that was very funny. So anyway, so Henry Potter goes to his performance review. He's super like jazzed about it. This is like a very exciting time for him. I mean, I don't want to. Well, I want to talk about it. So he gets an eighty-nine percent. Yeah. Which, according to him, is a B, but not in all grading systems. But what do you mean not in all grading systems? That's a B. An eighty-nine percent would be an A here. What? 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 Where does an A start? 85? 85 is Maybe? an A? Like an A minus or something? What, what's it, What's an F? 50? I, like, I, I, look, I haven't gone to UFT, so like I'm not 100% sure. But as from from I, from I what I've been told, an 89 is like an A minus. Well, you remember, Ed Houghton, a 95 could be considered an A minus, depending on who your professor was. Well, I think it's because UFT is harder. Like, it, like it's hard to even like get an 80. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's hard to even reach that point. So if you can, then it's just like, I don't know. I think I think whatever the grading system is, like, things adjust so that it's right, you know? But it's just weird that it's not just I mean, the, the logical thing is that, like, 80 to 89 is a B, 90 to 100 is an A. I know. A, that would be logical. And so on and so forth. Yeah, I agree. When I was in high school, 93 was an A. At Houghton, 95 was an A. But I had one professor who said that if 95 was an A, like, 95 to 100 was an A, then if you just got a 95, that would be an A minus. Why? Because it was stupid. So that was like one of the only A minuses I got. I was really mad about it. One of the only A minuses you got. Everything else was an A, huh? Yes. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I think I got like three A minuses. Everything else was an A? Yeah. I was a communication major, Evan. <laughs> this is why we didn't hang out when we went to school together. Every year, I designated myself a fail class. What? Why? So that I could work less hard on it. Why do you even, why even take it then? Because I needed to pass. Like I needed to graduate. So it was, you didn't really intend to fail. You just didn't do well. I never failed any of my classes. Well, why'd you call it a fail class? That doesn't because make sense. Because I would get like a C plus in it. It's not a fail. <laughs> it is to me. You can just call it a lowered standard 
class. Like I would get like like B pluses and like A's A's and whatnot in all my other classes, and then there'd be one class and it'd be like a C plus or whatever. Back to the episode. Henry's really mad because he got an eighty nine, and he says that's a B. What am I a Hufflepuff? And then Sam tries to say like an eighty nine is fine, like it's just a number, and Henry's not having that. As far as Sam Saperstein can tell, Henry is performing as usual, mm-hmm. which is to say at like a ninety eighth percentile, but. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this because I zoned out for a second there. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. <laughs> um, it's because of uh, his peer reviews that he didn't get the score that he desired. Did yeah. you say that? No, I did not. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, and and so Henry's mind immediately leaps to Eliza. Mm-hmm. Who else would do this to him? Yes. After this, we find out that Eliza was evicted. Charmonique is just kind of like disappointed with her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because she walks in with two garbage bags full of her belongings, but also like brand new boots mm-hmm. that she apparently like purchased on her way in. On her way, yeah. <laughs> Karen Gillard has a very, very funny delivery when she says, I am a grown woman. <laughs> Um, I can't do it exactly. Yeah. It made me chuckle. Yeah. She does not want to ask Henry for help which is what um, Charmonique suggests. Like, mm-hmm. go check with Henry. She instead uh, checks into a five-star hotel. As you do, yeah. And at first I was just like, oh, Liza, what are you doing? All of your credit cards are maxed out. It turns out that she has enough reward points from yeah. all of that shopping. So you get, like, the penthouse suite? The presidential suite, because she says, look at me, the first female presidential suite person. <laughs> uh, yeah okay wait, like wait little... but how did she get all those reward points because i thought it was like a loyalty program with that hotel which does not make sense no i believe i it's think just it's just like air like miles from well, you can spend air miles on other stuff uh the, the point is that she there's a little like very social media e kind of sequence or just like when people like live vlog or like live stream video of themselves mm-hmm. on like instagram it's like her and freddie and they're like popping bottles and because we did that last episode um, in Perfect Harmony so long ago, I forgot that her and Freddie had gotten back together. Yeah, I kind of did too. And then I was like, oh yeah, Freddie's still here. No, I was, I, it didn't even occur to me. I was just like, oh, like why, why, why him? <laughs> it, it like totally, I just, yeah. it was a while ago. There's like, they do like spa stuff. And, and also when Freddie appeared, I was like, oh, this is so weird. If Eliza and Freddie are back together, why doesn't she just stay at his place? Which they talk about later. Right. So this is just one of those things where it was. I was just like, huh? This is bad writing. And But no, just bad me. <laughs> anyway, so she uses up all of her reward points and then some, it seems like. Because when she's leaving, there's like a bill for all of that like extra stuff, which she just crumples up. And she leaves. She's like, this is why I don't open mail. She's trying to make some money by uh, doing kind of like the barter. I mean, like... um. Like buns, buns is a thing in Toronto. What buns? B U N Z Z. You have to explain to me what the letters stand it's, it's for. A, it's just a. It doesn't stand for anything. It it's doesn't just stand a for anything. Okay, it's like an. Where it's just like, app? oh, I'm, I'm, I want to get rid of this, uh, this Kylo Ren Funko Pop, and then people <laughs> will just be like, oh, what do you want for it? I can give you like a chair or something. Okay, okay. Or like, and then they have its own. It has its own like cryptocurrency, which huh. equates. So, so one, someone was like, oh, I'll give you like five hundred BTZ for your. Kylo Ren Funko Pop, which is only like five bucks. So I was like, take a hike, pal, because <laughs> I want at least ten bucks for it. So this is an example from your real life. But, which is which is all to say that what Eliza could have done, I, this took place a long time ago, was sort of like put these online. and She's trying to sell gift cards, gift cards. for money. Par- probably partially used gift cards. Some of them, yeah. But like, yeah, so is she trying to like put this towards her bills? 
unknown. Doesn't seem like she has a plan. She just knows she needs money, I guess. She just needs money. So she sells Charmonique. What is it? Like a Montana's? I don't even think that that's a thing in America. Mon- Chili's. No. Chili's. Yeah, Chili's. Is it? Is it Chili's? Uh, I think it's it might a, be Chili's. One of those like chain yeah. food places. Yeah. She gives her like a $50 gift card for 30 mm-hmm. Um, She tries to sell Joan a gift card from a place I've never heard of. Fulton's. That's, I think that's a Canadian place. No, it's not. I it just, it's the closest, it's what I remember her saying. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, and yeah. another very funny line delivery is Joan's like, I gave this to you for Secret Santa last year. <laughs> and Eliza's like, ah, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great way to respond to someone who says something that you don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah. I might have to use that. <laughs> So Eliza's pretty unsuccessful in trying to raise money this way. She also tells them to stop by her desk later because she's having a bake sale. And then after she walks away, Joan is like, is that a euphemism for something? I'm very disappointed um, that we don't actually get to see the bake sale. I know. I feel like that would have been fun. We could talk about this next week. Let's devote a minute to talk about it this week. What do you think this bake sale looked like? Oh, mm, that's a good one. I feel like she probably just went out and bought like little Debbie's or something like that. And then she arranged What's a little them. Debbie? You know, little Debbie's like. We don't have those. We yet. don't have little Debbie's? I, stop saying little Debbie's. <laughs> I'm just surprised. They're like little snacks that come in like a little package and you put them in your lunch. You know, like. You could be describing literally anything. <laughs> you could be talking about fruit roll ups right now. It's like, now. okay, so like, um, you know, those ones that are like, they're like a little brownie that have like colored little. Um, chocolates on the top it's like a brownie no. chocolate frosting and little chocolates on top why is it, it all comes chocolate? in a little package and there's like eight of them in a box you just put one in your lunch okay beth you understand that most snacks come in little packages <laughs> that this is but not like, exclusive to like, little debbies <laughs> but they're like soft and chewy you know they're not like crunchy so it's not like not like a cookie that's like still most so cookies. many <laughs> like twinkies come in like little packages yeah 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 twinkies are uh oh no they're hostess Uh, similar similar to Twinkies but different things when I was in school I always brought my lunch because going through the line made me feel anxious so I would bring my lunch and I'd always have a little Debbie and that's a story from my childhood did the cafeteria ever have anything that you were just like oh man I wish that I hadn't packed the lunch today uh I don't know maybe once in a while I like tacos but now I'm kind of glad I didn't eat too many of those tacos because now I know that the meat comes in a bag so you know what else comes in a bag little Debbie (laughs) Touche. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, I imagine that Eliza just went out and bought a bunch of things and then arranged them and sold them for much more than they were worth. That's also what I thought. I was just like, oh, she bought like a, yeah, like a, like a Twinkie, but then put it on like this nice platter. And it's just like, look at this uh, cream filled sponge cake. Yes, exactly. That's what I imagine. Henry, the next scene is Henry with one of your favorite characters. Raj from HR. From HR. <laughs> yeah. So... Henry is trying to intimidate Raj into revealing who left the negative peer review. Because at this point, we found out that it's not negative peer reviews. It's negative peer review, singular. One person gave him an F and described him as a bit of a poop, which he, of course, assumes is Eliza. He tries to intimidate Raj. Raj uh, <laughs> quotes his, the human resources. Human resources. The tenants of the human resources pledge. Their version of the Hippocratic Oath, basically. Yeah, basically. A lot stricter, if you can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so he re- he's refusing to give in to Henry's attempts to intimidate him. As Henry's leaving, though, 
He does like you know like um like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz before he can talk again, where he does like where he talks through his lips. Anyway, he goes, "Twasn't Eliza" or something like that. Yeah, "Twas not Eliza." "Twas not Eliza." Yeah, but like without opening his mouth, so he's like not breaking his oath. So then Henry has to figure out who actually left him that, and he also feels bad because he's been mean to Eliza, thinking that she gave him a bad review. Eliza is sleeping in Henry's office. Yes, when he comes back, like on his couch, because Henry's apparently so high up, he has a couch in his office. But anyway. He has a huge office. Yeah. It's so big. It's, yeah. So like, if I was going to live in anyone's office, it makes sense. They're talking. She is obviously destitute yeah. somehow. Yeah. Well, first he, first he says, are you living in my office? And she's like, oh, no, no. Well, because she's wearing pajamas. He's like, are you living in my office? And are you wearing pajamas? And she's like, uh, no, no, it's loungewear. I'm on my way to this new club called The Lounge, where everyone wears loungewear and brings canned goods. And then she tells him, yes, I live here. And then they start talking about why. <laughs> I miss that canned goods part. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just talking, and Henry's kind of like, what am I going to do with you? That's not what he sounds like, but yeah, no, that, that is what he says. Like it. It's like, what am I going to do with you? But he's smiling now. Yeah, we're saying, you said it the exact same way. I feel like I said it different. <laughs> we're both, all right, I just feel like our deliveries were Neither exactly the same. Neither of us are John Cho. Like, we can admit that. <laughs> but anyway. He smiles when he says it, which is when she's just like, oh, you're not mad at me anymore. He then has to admit. He's disappointed. And then she's like, but in the way you're always disappointed, not like in the way you've been mad at me. So then he's like, all right, Eliza, you can't stay in my office, even though it'd be very convenient. You can stay at my place tonight. Mm-hmm. And then she's kind of like, oh, both of us in the same house. She doesn't say that. Yeah. But she, you see it in her eyes. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, I will be staying at Julia's. Yeah. At which point I was like, excuse me. I saw the two of, I saw your relationship with her collapse in the last episode. And so again, I'm just like, what's going on? Why are the writers so bad at this? Yeah, but he was telling a lie because he and Julia have broken up. So Eliza the, goes like to the stay very at next Henry's. shot is him checking into a hotel. Checking into a hotel, yeah. Like the grayest, most sterile looking hotel I've ever seen in my life. It's not the presidential suite. Oh, it looks like a, it looked like a, like a, like a Starfleet cabin or something <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know i don't watch star trek it's probably accurate though just very like spartan and yeah so eliza's at his house henry's at a hotel and um i, I forget the con he like calls her to like check how she's doing he calls her unprompted yeah and and as soon as she picks up he's like eliza stop snooping through my thing <laughs> as Which she she's is doing, like yeah. <laughs> and then she starts waving because she wants to know if he has cameras and he's like also, stop waving. And she's like, you really don't have cameras? And he just says, like, no, I just know you. And then, uh, room, <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to make my voice, throw my voice behind me. Yeah, no, I, I see the attempt. <laughs> room service? Anyway. Yeah. She's all like, oh, who is that? She's like, um, oh, that was Julia. She's into role play. She's kind of a super freak. Yeah. Anyway, time to go have sex. <laughs> And, okay, John Cho's delivery during this whole thing is very funny. But as he's saying this to Eliza, who shows up at the door? Sam Saperstein. <laughs> it's Julia with a box of his things. You know, like a classic breakup, like, box of things to give back to him. Is that how breakups work? I don't know, probably. Have you never been broken up with? <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. Anyway. You've only broken up with other people. We're not going to talk about that. But anyway. <laughs> Eliza obviously has caught Henry in a lie because... 
Julia is right there. And she is giving back Henry's water pick because she would not like his gums to be any less tight. It's very kind of Julia. She also says, I should have known Henry would have moved on to... Um, she says something very Julia-ish. Cult, well, she's like cult, cultish, cult-haired or... She something, says something, something, about about, something about her hair, like Titian or something like that. Which I think just means red-haired. And then but cultish Julia, because oh, she's so tall and leggy. Titian, because that was in one of the books that I read recently. Someone was like Titian haired, and I was like, "Ugh, this looks wrong." <laughs> went to Merriam Webster's. Merriam Webster's was like, "Oh, that this is refers to like reddish blah blah blah." That book was written anyway, by Julia. Julia Harlequin author. <laughs> Honestly, wouldn't surprise me. So she's still not very happy with Eliza. She's obviously assuming that Eliza and Henry are now dating because Henry is. I mean, I felt bad for Eliza her. staying over because Eliza doesn't say anything nice. In fact, she kind of like tries to physically intimidate her yeah yeah like like um like what you would do to a small animal that was approaching you in an alley sure yeah 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 and then julia just like leaves so henry's still assuming that eliza thinks that he's at julia's house which now eliza knows is not true but doesn't really come up again until later we neglected to talk about the name of eliza's landlord yes so his name is mr oldman and she calls him Mr. Old Man, apparently to his face. <laughs> this is why um, Bryn's many friends have surmised that he doesn't like her. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, after this whole scene with Eliza and Julia and everything, cuts back to the apartment. Henry has organized all of Eliza's bills into this, like, fun filing cabinet that has all different colors and stuff. So it will, like, get Eliza's attention, you know? She's like, oh, my bills are so beautiful. Now that I've spoken to Mr. Old Man, who is incidentally 43, 43 years, years of age. <laughs> so he talks to Mr. Oldman, and now he, she's on, like, a repayment plan, which is apparently less than she spends on eye makeup remover every month. Also, she spends too much money on eye makeup remover. I don't think so. How much money do you think is a normal amount to spend on eye makeup remover? She wears a lot of eye makeup. Give me a ballpark She's got to remove it. How much do you think would be a normal amount to spend on eye makeup remover in one month? Like $400. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway. So Henry has helped Eliza figure out all of her business. And now she's going to like try to be more responsible. And then there's like a very sweet moment between them. Sorry, I'm just watching the woman across the street sweep the front of her front door. Like up and down like this with a broom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A full-size broom. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that would be distracting. (laughs) Anyway, Eliza says something to Henry like, um, I guess now you know what a mess I am. Like, what does Henry say? He's like, nah, you're just in your 20s. Yeah. Which, I I talk about this a lot, but whenever the show goes into describing or like acknowledging the age difference between the two of them, yeah. I am just like, why? Yeah. And, and I don't that know if it would be, be better if they don't talk about it. It's just there. But yeah, when they like draw attention to it, then you're like, ah, uh, is this weird? Like, because I have, I'm older than the person I'm dating, but not so old that we're not in the same like generation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Because for Henry to be like, ah, oh, you're just in your 20s, I think it really underscores the fact that he's like in his like late 40s that he's yeah exactly yeah like he's the same age as mr old man so he's he's kind of just being like oh like i've i've been there Been there yeah and it's it's weird that's i think it's a i agree it is a little weird 
might be hypocritical of me, but also <laughs> might not be hypocritical of me. No, I think I I think it's a little weird, and I think there's supposed to be. Oh, my relationship is there. okay. What? Well, thank you for no, putting me I, on blast in front of all of our listeners. Nope, nope, don't do that. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh, can anyone. I? Oh, anyone? What? You said I, I can do anything I want with anyone. No, I don't. Think well, I, I don't believe I don't that. Think I said that. I don't think I said those words. Anyway. I think that there's some people I should not be involved with personally. Anyway, now I've forgotten what I was talking about. Uh, Henry being Henry's old. talking about his bad review and says uh, that oh, someone well, called him. First, he's, he explains that he also had some of his own fiscal foibles in his day. This woman put down her broom <laughs> and then took out an identical broom. <laughs> Why does she need two different brooms? They're the same broom. I can see them from here. They're the exact same make and model. Well, maybe one is... The one that she uses when it's more dirty. And then once you've taken the bulk of the dirt off, you go back with the other one to get, like, the dust, you know? You know how you do when you're sweeping your door? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just making things up. Two identical brooms. Also, okay, she's broom number one was used to sweep kind of, like, the doorway area. Okay. And she's using broom number two for the same thing. So clearly, there's not that much of a difference between these two brooms. Oh, my word. What an interesting lady. Can can we talk about how Henry talks about his peer his negative peer review? Uh, we haven't talked about it yet. No. Well, but. anyway, so so Henry and Eliza have like this moment, you know, and and she tells him that um it really means a lot to her basically, him helping her and him like not judging her for the state of her life. And then Henry says, "Well, spread the word around the office that I'm actually not a bit of a poop." And then Eliza goes, "Right. There, ah. There's the segue." She's like, "Ah, bit of a poop. That's what Charlie calls you." And then it's like, light bulb, Henry realizes. And you can, feel free to bleep this, but Henry's just like, oh, like, that piece of Because <laughs> um, yeah. he's Which understandably upset. Which is how you know upset. that this episode was only streamed online. Right! Yeah, once he said that, I was like, okay, so um, when the Mindy Project was dropped by, I don't know, was it on Fox or NBC? Or, it was probably on NBC, right? I don't know. I can't remember. It might have been Fox, actually. Weird. I'm not sure. Anyway. Because it's not, like, the Mindy Project was such a, anyway, I... When the mini project moved to Hulu and come, and to Netflix here in Canada, there was not an abrupt change in tone, but as far as like the content, mm-hmm. it they pushed the boundaries a little bit more. Yeah, like it was people noticeable. swore there was yeah. like more profanity. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting that after Selfie moved over to Hulu, there wasn't maybe because it was one of the first. Maybe or or like maybe they had already developed most of it before they went online so it's not like they were going to make like significant changes when they were online like i think that the episodes that go online were still intended to be on tv and i think that this is something that i will talk about more next week because i just think the change in formats uh is really interesting Mm -hmm. and yeah it's very unique yeah henry now realizes that it was charlie who left the negative peer review so he tries to like make it up to charlie by being super nice to him, which just makes Charlie extremely uncomfortable. In in the tag, uh, which is, I guess, what happens... Yeah, it's, it's the tag. is right at the tail end of the episode. Um, he gets Charlie, like, a hot chocolate that is, like, brimming with mini marshmallows. Yeah. Yeah, like, up and over the top. And and, and Charlie's like... And he's like, ah... Uh, Henry's like, ah, you need anything else? You need a back rub? And Charlie's like, I'm, I'm sorry I left that review. I was just having a bad day. But, like, you can stop doing this now. And then Henry's just like, 
oh, good, because this is awful. And then he leaves and he's like, clean up all these marshmallows. I didn't make the mess. Charlie, I entreat I you. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a, that was a funny bit. To end the episode, not with the last thing that happens, mm-hmm. what happens in the middle. Um, remember when I was just like, oh, why doesn't Eliza just stay with Freddy? This is so dumb. What a yes. dumb, what a, what an oversight. Yeah. We open up on a scene where Eliza and Freddy are in bed together. Mm-hmm. And he asks, or she asks him, like, why didn't you offer to let me stay with you? And then he basically says, like, well, I would have loved to have you come and stay with me, but, like, I didn't want to scare you off because it seems like every time we do anything that's, like, too serious, you just pull away from me. He basically says, like, I didn't want to get dumped. Yeah. Like, I thought that if I did this, you would have just, like, pulled the cord on our relationship. And then, like, really sweetly and sincerely, he says, look, if it were up to me, you'd be staying at my place every night of the week. Yeah. Like, permanently. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's really touching both to me as a member of the audience mm-hmm. and to Eliza herself. Yeah. So apparently she's come around on Freddy because I feel like we don't really, I don't know. I feel like it's implied that the only reason she got back with Freddy is just because like she's so mad about Henry that she's just like, ah, whatever, you know. But like this scene kind of shows that like even though maybe Freddy's not perfect for her, like their relationship is genuine, like they do care about each other it's it's definitely adding a lot of complexity because if eliza and henry are like an otp Mm -hmm. the otp i guess for this show yeah you know what that is yeah one true pairing no what no yeah it is (laughs) i was like come on i was so confident about that anyway um then to have these like real genuine emotional moments with this other person is just really feels like it comes out of left field a little bit it's like you as, i think as a member of the audience you're not really sure how you're supposed to be engaging with scenes like this yeah yeah that makes sense because you, you like you're not i mean i personally am not really rooting for freddie but then at the same time when he does something like that i'm like oh now i feel bad that i'm not rooting for freddie mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's one of the reasons that i thought selfie was such a compelling show is is little moments like this because i think and and selfie has done this in the past when you sort of have this secondary love interest um they'll have a moment of like intimacy or something but then you kind of see them embrace and you see their expression and they're just kind of like not super into it Hmm. do you know what i mean yeah i guess so but here it's it's apparent that anyway it's it's very touching yeah and that's the end of the episode well there's one more scene with henry and eliza like waiting for the did you not have that one they're like waiting for the elevator no and uh can you do all the voices? No, I'm not going to do all the voices. But Can you Eliza, do half of the no, voices? No, I'm not going to do any voices. I'm just going to say it in my own voice. Okay, but fine. Anyway. Sign it to me. What? Anyway, Eliza is. Eliza and Henry are waiting for the elevator at work. Like, they're leaving. And Eliza says something like, ah, any, any fun plans this weekend? Are you doing anything with Julia? And Henry, like, remembers that he lied and said he's still with Julia. So he's like, oh, uh, yeah, we're just going to, like, hang out, you know, take it easy and Eliza's like oh maybe you two should come over to my place we can maybe watch a movie like the breakup or he's just not that into you and then Henry is like uh and she's like yeah I, I know you guys broke up oh wow so that yeah. was the actual tag yeah what a we to put such an important piece of the narrative into the tag is so peculiar yeah 
And then she like makes some jokes about how Julia is so short. That's like how it actually ends. Julia is very short. Apparently. How tall are you? I am 5'2 and a half. Wow. Okay, well. Maybe 5'2 and three quarters. That, if anything, that makes you seem even shorter. <laughs> I know. All right, Evan, you were going to give me a peer review for my co-hosting of this podcast. What grade would you give me? 82. 82? Yeah. Out of 100? <laughs> sure. That's a C. No, it's not. It's a C in the an United States. An 82 is a B. An 82 is a C in the United States. Pretty what sure. What are you talking about? Pretty sure. Where does a B at start? At Houghton, that'd be like a D. A B starts at 85, I think. I don't you're know. That I didn't get that. You're telling me that at Houghton, 82 would be a D? <laughs> I don't know. You're, you're an like 82. It. And honestly, this conversation makes me want to drop you down a what? little more. That, what? Why? I should not have asked that question. How, what would you grade me? An 81, based only on this conversation right now. What would you have said before I said that? I would have given you like a 92. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not changing what that's. Ah, anyway. Well, this You're is the answer. You're a teacher, so you understand the need for... Oh, you, you think like, I need motivation to improve? No, 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 no. I mean, like, I think <laughs> you understand the concept behind the phrase room for improvement. I don't like this. I think, I think that you are a very good co-host, but I think as this podcast progresses and <clears throat> whatever happens in the future of this podcast, uh, you will only get better. Well, I appreciate that vote of confidence, but I'm so kind of Room to mad. grow, not <laughs> physically, because you're five, two, and three quarters. Thank you. Well, anyway, I guess you can just do the rest of it. See, this doesn't work for me because bad grades just make me feel sad. They don't actually make Motivate me want you. to improve. So you misread that. <laughs> You'd be a bad teacher. Me? I'd yeah. be a great teacher. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh so, this episode is done. If you want to give me a better grade so that you can boost my self-esteem back up, you give can... Give us five stars on iTunes. Give, yeah, give us five stars on iTunes. I was going to say, just, like, tweet me some affirmations, but... At SelfieValPod. SelfieValPod. Just say, Beth, you're 100%. 24 karat solid gold. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, I... Uh, hypothetically, I was not actually saying that. I feel like you were, so thank you. <laughs> Nobody yet has sent us an email at selfievaluationpodcast. Oh, you checked the email. <laughs> so if you want to be the first, yeah, then send us an email. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You can also subscribe to this podcast so you get it right away on Tuesdays. You can listen to it on your way to work on Tuesday or whatever you're doing. Next week, we will be further discussing this episode and what we think might have happened in future episodes. Because now we're really getting down to the last three episodes of the series so beth will be doing the introduction to that podcast <laughs> and she has all week to prepare for it so expect uh, big boo. things <laughs> yeah anyway. i'm just trying to raise expectations i don't like that <laughs> uh yeah come back next week and uh listen to the great intro that i am going to deliver at that time thank you for listening <laughs>